0: This was a vision. I'm telling you, these people are Satanists. As I sit here, they are Satanists. Look, the world is full of these kind of things. Black masses, mutilations, mutilations. The incubus, the succubus. I'm telling you, we gotta go down to the religious supply store. We gotta get ourselves a couple of gallons of holy water. My cousin Jerry's a priest. He can get us a deal. Do you want him to take your family, kidnap them, tear their livers out, and make some kind of satanic pate? Hey, once they get in here... It's over, pal. Trigger warning. This podcast may include explicit content that will take you out of your comfort zone and make you question reality. Listener's discretion is advised. Hey, hey! Wow, I have really been looking forward to sharing this episode with everyone. Today, we will be discussing plagues, epidemics, and pestilence. I will be bringing the cosmic fire to reveal the hidden history behind some of the most deadly outbreaks of disease known to man. So grab your barf bags, everyone. And I'll meet you on the other side. But before we jump into the episode, again, just a reminder, I will be giving away an official Cosmic Peach hoodie this month. And to enter, you have to do all the things, the YouTube, the Instagram, five-star review on Apple or Spotify. And I just wanted to clarify, if you've already left a five-star review in the past, you're still in the running as long as you're following the Instagram and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Old five-star reviews are just as great as new five-star reviews. And on that note, I actually have some new five-star reviews. This one comes from Christopher Jenner, entitled Obsessed Five Stars. And it says, this show is not only entertaining, but can keep you on the edge of your seat for many episodes The research is great and provides more than adequate evidence to back up all the included content. Julia is funny, charismatic, and draws you in, regardless of what you're doing with real-life examples and facts with source references. My favorite aspect of the show is that the topics presented are the ones that are constantly floating around in my own head. It is also refreshing to hear a female voice on a podcast that has more energy and excitement than most male counterparts. Holla! And the topics include everything from true crime, the paranormal, the old world hidden history to Hollywood and the music industry's connection to the occult, and so much more. I could continue on with pages of examples but the only way to truly enjoy the podcast and Julia's remarkable talent is to listen. Thank you, Julia, for all that you do and sacrifices you make to deliver such a perfect product. Chris Jenner. No relation to the Kardashians, in parentheses. Whoa! Oh my gosh! I feel powered up after reading that review right there. Absolutely incredible. I'm humbled. I'm grateful. And it's just means more to me than I can even describe. So thank you so much, Christopher. Moving on to the next review, it is from Kathy Housel, entitled Always Awesome Five Stars. Julia talks about all the things that are in my mind. Wow, another one. She picks the best topics, all the stuff I'm interested in. She takes so much time in all of her research, so I don't have to, LOL. And somehow uncovers all these angles hidden somewhere on the internet that I had never found. Always intriguing, but told in such a way that you feel like you are chatting about it over coffee with your friend. I always aim to do that. And in parentheses, and I don't know how many friends that I can talk to about these conspiracy facts without them thinking I'm crazy. Same here. Can't wait to hear it each week. And she even posted my Mount Fuji pictures. Thank you, girl. Keep going. You got it going on. Thank you so much, Kathy. If you're ever in Oklahoma, look me up. We'll have a real coffee chat. I love connecting with like-minded people. And the fact that the last two reviews said that I cover things that have been floating around in other people's minds, that just means I'm right over the target. This is what I need to hear. This is perfect. Perfect. I'm exposing the truth and bringing things to light that everyone needs to know about or is interested in. Next review is from Nikki entitled Obsessed Five Stars. And it says, I'm absolutely obsessed with this podcast. It's hands down the best conspiracy podcast I have found. There's so much information that can be backed up. And Julia is nothing but love and light. Thank you so much for all you do. That means the world to me. Thank you, everyone who has left the comment on the YouTube, Instagram, and five-star reviews on Apple and Spotify, even though Spotify, bag of bitches, won't let you write a comment. I appreciate it more than words, and I promise to continue bringing the fire, and I hope this episode is no different. So again, grab your barf bags, everyone, and I'll meet you on the other side let's go okay i want to talk to you guys today about plagues epidemics and pestilence and i know that we covered a lot about the nephilim in my four-part series But I keep finding rabbit holes that need to be dove into and exposed. Especially after the last three years. A lot of red flags there and you have to look at history to figure out what is going on today. Like I always tell you. And today we're going to be covering festering disease, raging pestilence, and death. What if the source of all this suffering comes from the same place. In order to understand today, of course, we must look at the past. So, what we're going to do is take a look at some of the most deadly epidemics from our past. And first, I want to travel to Portugal, May 13th, 1917. So, In what seemed like a normal day, the sky suddenly turned dark and three children under the age of 10, named Francisco, Jaquinta, and Lucia, were tending sheep when they claimed to see what they described as the Virgin Mary. These children described a beautiful woman dressed in white and standing above a bush, The woman told the children that world peace would occur if they spread the godly message of prayer. And, yeah, that sounds beautiful, but if you dig a little bit deeper, it's always deception and something way more sinister. This apparition visited the young children on the 13th for the next six months she revealed to the children three secrets. The children were told to make sacrifices and suffer to save sinners. Here we fucking go. And God was going to punish the people. And these kids wore tight cords around their wrists and did not drink water on hot days. This Virgin Mary sounds like a sick fuck, okay? But now news of the apparition spread throughout the village, some believing the children and some not so much. And the Virgin Mary, quote-unquote, promised the children that one day a prophecy would occur that would show the village people that the children were being truthful. And there were a total of six visitations... But on the fourth visitation, on August 19th, 1917, the apparition doesn't happen as planned. And the three children were kidnapped and imprisoned by the police. The police believed that they were making up these apparitions and wanted the children to state that it was a hoax. But the children stood their ground and were later released. Six days after the 13th of the month, the apparition appeared again and told the children to pray for sinners. I want to kind of go back to an episode I did a long time ago on the FLDS and the Mormon religion, where this apparition, Moroni, kept showing up to what's his name, Sam, or what is it, uh, Joseph Smith, yeah. The Apparition Moroni kept showing up to Joseph Smith with all these messages and enlightenment, but when he was imprisoned, and they were basically telling him, listen, you need to fess up what's going on with you, the, uh, entity never appeared to (laughs) validate his claims, and then he was later, Uh, executed so like I said in that episode that would have been a good time to show up but guess he had other things on his uh, to-do list that day just like the apparition with these kids it's always a deception they were counting on the apparition to show up on the 13th never showed up the kids were imprisoned and then six days later it decided to show up But the 5th apparition on September 13th, 1917, on this day, people gathered to see if Mary would show, and white rose petals fell from the sky. As the witnesses touched them, they disappeared. And Lucia asked Mary to cure the sick, and she responded that God would not cure those who were not healed. Hmm. What a cryptic answer. These events culminated in the sixth and final apparition, which was called the Miracle of the Sun. The sixth and final miracle, which was called the Miracle of the Sun, of course, occurred on the 13th of October, 1917. This was essentially in response to the prophecy made by the three children. The children told the people in the village to come out and witness it, even the skeptics. And there are reports of over 70,000 people being in attendance. According to various witness accounts, the rainy sky cleared up and the ground that was wet from rain became dry. The sun appeared to be dancing around and zigzagging in the sky within broken clouds, giving it the name the miracle of the sun. Some say that the dancing sun even appeared to fly closer to the earth and then jumped back into its place quickly. Others also mentioned multicolored lights and radiant colors all over the sky. They said the miracle of the sun lasted at least 10 minutes. The children then were finally believed by the people. And this is the story of the miracle of the sun. Why is this significant? Because it's always some type of game with these entities. It's always some type of display of power with these entities. It's always deceptions and wonders and miracles. And you have to sit back and wonder, what was the real purpose behind these appearances? Remember, these kids were the one who said it was the Virgin Mary. The entity never referred to itself as the Virgin Mary. And it asked the children to tie tight cords around their wrists and not drink water on hot days. So think about what type of entity would want children under the age of 10 to do that to themselves. And the lights in the sky and the Disc that appeared to be the sun zigzagging through the sky to me is fallen angel technology. As I have said so many times before, all alien craft in this ET movement, it's just a big masquerade masking the fucking truth behind the fallen angel technology. And it's less than a year after this occurrence that an estimated 50 million people would die. Victims of the worst plague in human history, the Spanish influenza. It was said to have started as a normal flu, but somehow changed and mutated and killed indiscriminately. But it begs the question, How did this virus strike simultaneously all over the flat plain earth? Well, the virus responsible for the 1918 Spanish influenza pandemic still circulates today. But... Experts, quote unquote, say it is not as deadly today because humans today are descended from people who survived the infection more than a 100 years ago. And so they've inherited some form of genetic immunity. And so somehow, the Spanish flu permanently modified our genetics. As I've Always said it's going back to DNA and technology. The lights in the sky and the miracle of the sun occurring less than a year before 50 million people died in horrific ways and the virus just happened to permanently modify genetics. I mean, disease has been responsible for more deaths than all of the world wars combined. Wow, what a thought. So clever of them. And the ancients in the time of antiquity told us exactly where these plagues and pestilence were coming from. They were sent by the bloodthirsty gods. Disease has always been linked to the gods. Until it was chalked up to be myths And the new god of science took their place. In ancient Egypt, the fallen angel god king responsible for the burning, festering disease was the god Set, also god of the underworld. The Hittites called their plague god Era. And Nergal is the Mesopotamian god of death, pestilence, and plague, and lord of the underworld. Oop, and that's odd, they're all depicted as either being half man, half jackal, or having a jackal with them. No connection, I'm sure. The ancients always saw plagues and disease as supernatural intervention, including the ancient Chinese, who also were connecting epidemics and plagues to the supernatural. And they kept meticulous records about how there were outbreaks of disease coinciding with celestial events, lights in the sky, and then an outbreak of disease. And this is universal, you guys. It's not just been a few places and a few plagues. It's actually been very consistent throughout history. Gods, celestial events, and disease. Now let's look at Greece 430 BC. Athens is at war with Sparta. The battles are brutal and bloody, but the war casualties pale in comparison to the scenes of horror when plague descends upon the people. It said, They were thirsty beyond thirst. They turned red. They blew chunks. They were spraying out their asses. Their fingers turned black. Their bodies were being ravaged. I mean, graves were being stacked with 12 to 25 bodies. Some are just being left on the street. I'm talking thousands of dead, putrid, Decomposing bodies lining the streets. Now, let's look at the Greeks and what they said caused this. Well, straight up, they said it was a curse from the gods. Remember what I said in the Nephilim episodes. It always goes back to DNA and technology. DNA and technology. With these gods of old and fallen angels... This is their main goal, corrupting every piece of God's creation. And in the middle of the 6th century, another virus nearly succeeded in wiping out most of humanity. The Justinian Plague. There are plenty of records from back then documenting the millions of deaths caused by the Justinian Plague. People were straight up rotting with bits and pieces falling off. And just like the plague of Athens, the Justinian plague was accompanied by reports of lights in the sky, glowing gold shields, bronze ships, and headless creatures. And on every occurrence of a sighting, people got sick. And just like I keep telling you, the craft that we see even to this day is just Fallen Angel technology. Nothing new under the sun. And there is documented accounts and evidence found by examining tree rings. Yeah, they slice the tree open, they take a look at the rings, they see what it can tell us. And by examining the tree rings, they find that the skies were darkened during this time. And they say it was raining fire in the sky. Oh boy. But that's not all it was raining. They also reported blood raining from the sky, just like the Bible talks about before the plagues of Egypt. Until our new God science was introduced, The ancients knew what in the fuck was going on. These gods of old were associated with festering disease, raging pestilence, death, epidemics, plagues, and pestilence. And what do we call Jesus? The Savior, the Redeemer, the Bread of Life, the Prince of Peace, the Son of the Living God. Such a contrast. When we refer to Jesus, we speak life, not death. Just think about this, there have been clues hidden in plain sight. Think of the image of Set, with his jackal face. His snout almost comes down to a point, similar to a bird beak, but he's not a bird. And think of the plague masks the doctors wore who treated victims of the bubonic plague during epidemics mainly in the 16th and 17th centuries. It's commonly mistaken for a bird beak. But I believe we may be looking at an homage to the god of plague himself, the jackal Set. In speaking of the Black Plague. In 1347, ships full of Italian sailors died suddenly after being covered in oozing black boils filled with blood and pus. The Black Plague spread rapidly throughout Europe. And of course, the Black Plague was widely seen as an act of God for the sinfulness of the people. It was a slow, lingering, painful death. And it completely decimated the population. Within five years, this previously unknown disease had wiped out one-third of Europe. The equivalent in today's numbers would be 300 million dead. And just like previous epidemics... The Black Plague was accompanied by lights in the sky and strange sightings. Bronze ships spreading a mist around the entire area. Just like those reported during the Justinian Plague 800 years earlier, nothing new under the sun, they too reported a blood rain right before the outbreak. A lot of the reports also included cloaked and robed figures spreading a mist all over the ground, and a black hooded figure who brought messages of death, later known as the Grim Reaper. People reported strange beings that kept spraying stuff onto the wheat. Wow! Even in 1347, they were genetically modifying our food supply. And if it was after the misting that the Black Plague occurred, I'm sure we can make some connections there. Let's observe something else along these lines, though. In 1731, lights in the sky were sighted over England, Ireland, and Romania just before the worldwide flu epidemic of 1732. They said they saw a red light in the sky that radiated immense heat, and shortly after, the plague would break out. So why would the fallen angels want to drop a virus on us? To kill us? No, no, no. If death was the only motivation, They have the technology to straight up nuke us in our seats. It's the same reason that I discussed in the Nephilim Book of Enoch episode, to corrupt our DNA. It always goes back to DNA and technology, and I know I've said that several times, but I need everyone to understand that. And that is still going on to this very day. And releasing a virus... Is such an efficient way of doing so. Look at pox for shit's sake. In 1540, when Francisco Coronado and the Spanish first explored the area that is now New Mexico, they brought with them the deadliest weapon of all, smallpox, chicken pox, and measles. And this spread through the indigenous people far faster than the conquistadors could even travel. These plagues shaped the outcome of history. And the native population in the American Northeast suffered a similar fate when the European colonists arrived on their shores. The islands of the South Pacific also, had their populations decimated by Captain James Cook and his crew. The origin of smallpox is unknown, but the finding of smallpox like rashes on Egyptian mummies suggests that smallpox has existed for at least 3,000 years the earliest written description of a disease like smallpox appeared in China in the 4th century. Parting gift from the gods of old. And on that subject, I need to toss out something completely controversial. What if the Nephilim descendants, these red-haired hazel eyes or blonde-haired blue eyes, contain certain mutated DNA that the indigenous peoples would not be immune to? What if Adam and Eve were black and the Hebrews that descended from them were black? And these other races that came in, blonde hair and blue eyes and red hair, pale skin always, they had mutated DNA. And after severe commingling and interbreeding and incest, some of these disease popped up and of course the people who already had the Nephilim DNA would be immune to these but the people who had a purer bloodline would die when being exposed. That's why smallpox and these fucking pox diseases and rashes killed off A lot of the indigenous peoples. Just a thought. I could be completely wrong, but it's definitely worth discussing. But I mean, take a look at the book, movie, War of the Worlds, starring famous Scientologist Tom Cruise. The aliens come to Earth, and they're fucking us all up, but they end up dying Due to getting infected with a coronavirus. Think about it. In the M. Night Shyamalan movie Signs, the aliens come to Earth and leave sacred geometrical patterns in the crops. Again, fallen angel technology. But they are allergic to the fluoride in the tap water. Now get this shit, September 15th, 2007, in Caroncas, Peru, very nearby where they found all those elongated red-haired skulls, the residents see fire descending from the sky and it crashes to the ground and explodes, scattering debris for a mile in every direction. And just a few days later, everybody is fucked up. Hundreds of people become strangely and violently ill. All types of fucked up. They had headaches, nausea, respiratory problems, and big fucking sores all over them. And experts had not a clue as to why. The false god science would like to blame space rocks and comets for these viruses and bacteria. But if we have learned anything over the last three years, it's... Y'all don't know shit, right? Even when Clinton was president, he held a press conference about some space rock found in Antarctica and how they needed more funding to research the bacteria found on it. I'm sure you need lots and lots of money for things you're finding in Antarctica, but it's not for a space rock. Give me a break. And you know what? In 2001 in Kerala, India... They saw a flash of light in the sky and heard a huge bang, and then a red blood rain came pouring down for days. And a biologist collected samples of the blood rain, and sure as shit, it contained living cells, just like actual blood, and it has never been identified But that's not the only crazy shit that has been found. Also in 2001, some lady named Mary Laytau discovers red, blue, black, and white fibers in a sore under her two year old son's lip. Eight different doctors are unable to identify the cause. Today, it is known as Morgellons disease, and it has affected thousands of people from all 50 states and 15 other countries. And to this day, no one knows what Morgellons disease is. And if you have this shit, it's like a living nightmare with no cure. No one knows the cause or where it came from but it causes neurological problems and massive oozing skin rashes that legitimately have a life of their own. They have crawling sensations in their skin, and most report a feeling of something moving around in their fucking skin, biting and stinging them. And inside the lesions are colored fibers, like for real, like colored wires on the back of your TV, or In a movie, where it's like, cut this cord and the bomb goes off, or cut this cord and we all live. Some shit like that. Red wires, blue wires, black and white wires. Now, what the fuck is this? What would cause wires and oozing sores to pop up all over someone's body? DNA. Help me out here, folks. And what? Technology. But before we wrap up the episode, some honorable mentions I did not cover in no specific order would be HIV AIDS epidemic, 40 million dead. Antoine Plague, 10 million dead. 1819 through 1922, Russian typhus epidemic, 3 million dead. Hong Kong flu, 4 million dead. 1846 to 1860, cholera pandemic, 1 million dead. I have stressed before the importance of strengthening not only your mind, but also your body. Stop destroying your temple with junk food and sugar and big pharma petroleum pills. And shameless plug, Kelly's turmeric drops are fantastic for inflammation, the root cause of all dis-ease. Also, mushrooms, probiotics, take your vitamins, clean your diet up, just do the best you can. They want us weak. The covades is just another installation. Do you remember the UFO sighting? "Quote unquote, in Jerusalem, right over the Dome of the Rock. No bullshit. I still get chills when I look at it. And knowing what we know now, I can see why the ancients worshipped these gods of old. The technology was spectacular. Lights in the sky, and this happened eight years before the first case of COVIDs." Need I say more? I know. What do we always say about the eight? How it's connected, how so many things go back to either August or an eight day or an eight year. And the UFO sighting over the Dome of the Rock, one of the most holy sites in the world, happened. Eight years before the first case of COVIDs, The Watchers have been working with the government since their inception. And I have another episode coming up on that very soon. But as a closing thought, going on the themes I've discussed so many times, are these myths or are they memories? Take that into consideration when looking at anything from our past. But I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned a lot of shit. Let me know what you think. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.